Hey everyone, welcome again to Ask, where we have one of the most asked questions, not just of Christians, but really of anyone who thinks about God. So stay tuned for this episode of Ask. This is Pastor Jamie, we're at Cornerstone Church, where you can ask questions through our website, cornerstonebv.org. Just go to the media page, drop down, ask, and uh, submit your question. You don't have to leave your name, you can if you want, that's fine too. Um, remember, if you have questions about the Bible, life, or faith, or whatever it might be, someone else most likely has the same question as well. So uh, ask your question, we definitely need them. Um, I've had some really good ones in the last couple of weeks, but still have room for yours. If you ask one, it probably won't be on that episode for that week, but it will become up. It will be coming up, so uh, stay tuned for that. So this week, someone asked this: How can God be loving and yet allow suffering? So you see what I mean by one of the most asked questions. This is one of the uh, things that gets asked about God. If there's a God, He truly loves us. Why is there so much suffering? in the world? And that's a big question that I don't think I can fully answer right uh, uh, in a sermon, let alone on a quick episode of Ask. So let, let me try to at least give you some uh, uh, of that answer and then if you have follow-ups, please let, let, let us know. Um, first thing is really to ask a question, to answer your question. Is it always, um, is, it, uh, is allowing someone to suffer always bad? Is it always unloving? Um, if you're a parent, I think you know this to be uh, not the case, right? There's times where we let our kids struggle, let them um, suffer through something, um, and, and, and know that it's for their, their good. We even punish them, right? And so in their eyes, that's suffering. Um, but we do it, hopefully, it should be if we're a loving parent, we love our kids because we love them. Why? Because it is through, through suffering that we learn uh, all kinds of things about ourselves and about the world. And so when it comes to our faith, Suffering will teach us so much about God and so much about our dependence on God. I mean, think about your own life. I mean, how much, how many times did you draw closer to God because of suffering, grief, pain, something in your life? If you didn't have those episodes of suffering, probably would become pretty self-reliant and and maybe give you know were you know empty words about how you believe and trust God, but you don't really need them. And so suffering really draws us closer. So God really uses our suffering. Um, do we always know how he's using that? No. Um, sometimes we look back, it's pretty obvious. A lot of those things we'll have to wait till we're with, with him in heaven. There's some real intense times of suffering that that's hard to explain, no question about it. Um, I think one of the reasons people usually um, ask this question about suffering is because they look around the world and they see certain things that don't seem like our fault, right? Like, what, why did this happen? Why did this person die? Or why did this catastrophe happen? Why did this accident happen? And, and those are hard, heavy questions for sure. Um, but I think if we really look at it, God has a bigger point to our life than we do. We, we, grow, we wake up, we kind of want our life to go comfortably and well, and understandably so, but God has something bigger for you, and that's holiness, um, righteousness, uh, his presence, um, and, and, and ultimately he uses suffering for that, right, for that, for that purpose. Now, a, a lot of the suffering we see in the world, it's not God's fault. This is the fallen world because of sin. Um, and that doesn't mean you, you, you suffer through an earthquake because you specifically sinned, that could be the case, but it's not necessarily what that means. It just means in general, all of the brokenness in people, which causes so much sin, and in the environment, in our life, in our world, is because of sin. And so God is loving, and so he 
He's dealing with that. He dealt with it through Jesus Christ and he will one day make it all right again. He's just incredibly patient because of his love, waiting for maybe you to come to faith in Christ. Um, so so that, that, that's why a lot of suffering happens. Um, we also realize that some of our, our suffering is the consequences of our sin. You know, not just the world, but my own sin. Uh, if I do something wrong, there, there often comes with that suffering, sometimes immediately and, and often later on. And, and probably you're not asking the question because of that. It seems pretty obvious, but I have definitely run into people who think, you know, why has God let me go through this? And we examine their life. It's like, well, you really, you really set a lot of this up by doing things. God loved you enough to give you his word, his truth, how to live, right? And, and man, when we don't do that, there's consequences. There's a reason why God says to do it his way. Um, and many reasons, in fact, but one of them is because it's the right way for you. Even if in the, in the moment it doesn't seem like it, and, and, and eventually you'll find out that, man, there's a lot of bad consequences when we don't do it his way. Uh, a lot of other things that could be pointed out there, so feel free to follow up on that. But those are some of the thoughts that I had. Second question is this, as a Christian, are we, now, are we supposed to, uh, how are we supposed to feel, I should say, about the thousands of Afghanistans coming to uh, the country? Are we supposed to welcome them with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control? Pretty much listing off um, m most of the uh, fruit of the spirit there. Missed a couple, but that's okay. Knowing they will need so much and just curious because they are coming. I like how you put the question, um, and I think you answered it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, uh, the fruit of the Spirit should be evident in our life, how we treat people regardless of their circumstances and who they are and why they're in our sphere of life if, if they do enter that. If they're in the circles that we live, we are to display those fruit of the Spirit towards them. This is an opportunity for me to, to point out there should be a difference between um, how we feel about something within our, if you are, right, most of us listening to this are in living in the United States of America, probably living in New England, or maybe not, if you see this online somewhere. But let's just say we're in the United States of America. We, we do have rights and privileges in our country. And, and we can vote certain ways and feel certain ways um, if we think it is the right thing, especially about issues with immigration. Um, so that's fine, that's good. Even as a Christian, it's fine. However, we need to, to differentiate that between, all right, no matter how they got in, or no matter why they're here, we are not, we are Christians first and foremost, and we treat them that way. We don't treat them uh, beneath how Christ would treat them because we, they got here some way that we don't think they should have, right? So it's fine to be okay for a certain immigration policy, right, that you think is safe and best for people and for the, for the country you live in. At the same time, we love people in Christ no matter how they got here and who they are, all right? Good, last one's really, really quick, interesting one. Um, asking about when Jesus walked on the water and said, basically, <laughs> said, if you were walking, if he was walking on a lake, so it was calm, is, is what the questioner said. If he was on a river, do you think he was still, would move like a conveyor belt or moving sidewalk or would not think of the Jetsons? I don't know about you. Uh, or, or would the water move while he was still? No cheating with whatever Jesus wants instead of what's your opinion. Okay, uh, I don't think it's an opinion at all. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'll cheat. Uh, as well, but let me just read from you from where Jesus walked in the water, Matthew chapter 14. One verse, verse 24. But the boat by this time was a long way away from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. So the mistake in the question is this is not a calm, pristine lake. The Sea of Galilee very much acted like we might see in the open ocean. Um, and so it's 
it, it very much was, uh, had waves and wind. Um, they were probably three miles away because the, the, the wind had brought them out there. When you read the rest of the story, Peter is worried because, man, the, the wind and the waves are, are kind of crazy around him. Um, and so Jesus clearly had no problem walking on this. And so he had the power and the authority of the winds and the wave. So uh, I don't think it'd be a conveyor belt at all. He can just walk wherever he wants, okay? So maybe I cheated a little bit there. Hopefully not. Uh, great question. We'll see more of your questions next week on Ask. See this weekend as we continue our Leviticus series at either uh, 5 o'clock Saturday or 9 or 11 on Sunday. Hopefully you'll join us. God bless. See you soon.